It's Transfer Tuesday on the Podcast Daily, round two. I thought we might be done with that in December, but it turns out there's a fresh wave of players leaving the Ohio State program. So let's get into it here on TPD. The first one of 2024, that's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward, and I don't know, two relatively surprising moves for me, or at least potential higher impact moves, and then some that probably wouldn't come as a major surprise, but... uh, Bill, lead us through the process here. What have we got since the Cotton Bowl? Well, uh, the starting punter has decided he wants to leave um, after having the best, probably the best game of his career. So you know, strike while the iron's hot. That's that's good for him. For uh, for Jesse Murko, who's entered the transfer portal. Um, who am I? Jaden McKenzie. Jaden McKenzie, uh, yeah. veteran defensive tackle. Um, more of a, <clears throat> excuse me, more of a reserve guy for the defense is in the transfer portal. And then, am I missing anyone else besides the two young receivers? Did I forget somebody? No, then- Yep, Noah and Rogers got, and Bryson Rogers. Noah Rogers. As we Bryson record Rogers. this, as we record this prior to the college football playoff games on yes. Monday afternoon. So if anything happens on Monday night, folks, we're sorry. We'll talk about it later. We will. Um, Noah Rogers and Bryson Rogers, two members of the 2023 recruiting class, uh, who are gone after a couple months on campus. You know, so it's it's been busy. It's been great. Yeah, and. You can add uh, Mike Hall Jr.'s departure to the NFL draft in there if you want. That's obviously not a transfer, although it is a move to a different level and another change to the roster. So Ryan Day had said um, last week, it was 83 was where he kind of viewed the scholarship numbers. Well, there's now even more room for Ohio State to potentially maneuver. Uh, but Berm, it's, it, of these, to me, I think like the, the far more interesting conversation and far more relevant is what's going on at wide receiver because that it, it, the game has changed, right? I mean, it, it's weird to see that room take some of the scholarship number hit, depth hit that it has, but you can also understand why that is. Yeah, kind of. Um, but you also can ask what people expect. Um, you expect um, a player like Bryson Rogers, who was the clear-cut fourth best receiver in that class coming out of high school, needed development, came to Ohio State as a young man born in Ohio who dreamt of being a Buckeye his whole life, knew he needed years of development to be able to get ready to go and to to walk away after a year is it's surprising. And, and I, I don't know what the expectation is. I do think that people need to readjust the belief that Ohio State can have nine or ten like dudes at, at wide receiver. Like That's just not going to happen if you can get to six and, and then you have some walk-ons and, and lower-rated guys after that, then cool. Um, I just don't, I know that the conversations with players like Bryson Rogers and Noah Rogers, as they came into Ohio state were predicated on this idea that you're coming to be a part of a process. You are not coming into play right away. If you are able to play right away, great. If you prove that you can do it, but that's not the expectation. Um, and you know, for, for Noah Rogers, a player from North Carolina who has, always been sort of a, a homebody was a lot of talk about him staying close to home at NC state uh, throughout his process. Uh, like, I guess it's a little bit more understandable, especially as you look at Jeremiah Smith, another player that's of the same body type and same position as Noah Rogers is. But Bryson Rogers is a slot guy who's a, a you know, needs to gain 30 pounds before he can play in the big 10. Uh, it, it was, it was just a little bit surprising. And, um, I've seen a lot of complaints that it's because Ohio State doesn't rotate receivers. They played seven receivers this year. I, I mean, it, not a lot, but also it's not like they had a lot of games this year where they were up by 30 points and you could just go in and play depth. So uh, I'm not entirely sure 
that the Buckeyes could do anything different in these situations. I know, I know that as of two weeks ago, there was no conversation about any of these guys leaving. A lot of kids went home before the bowl game. I think once you get home, people start to tell you how great you are. Uh, people start to tell you how you're being mistreated or how other players have better NIL opportunities than you do, or they live, you know, in an apartment and you live in a dorm, like whatever it is. I mean, I, I think people have completely lost sight of what this process of college football is supposed to be about because there's a chance to get a lot of money without actually earning it. I don't really understand the argument that getting these guys 10 or 15 reps is going to keep them out of the transfer portal. I don't either. I I think it actually would only increase the odds of them going to the portal. I think it would give a better look. Oh, Hey, I've got these reps on film. I was able to, or, or Ohio state, let me play five snaps instead of Marvin Harrison Jr., which I don't think is a good decision for the good of, for the benefit of the Ohio State Buckeyes offense at the time. I, I just uh, who I, I don't mean to you know put the panic button out there. I'll, maybe I'll knock on wood. Did, did the lack of reps for Jelani Thurman keep him from potentially understanding his role in the future and develop or getting a lot of good practice reps by the end of the year? You know. He he was starting in the Cotton Bowl. Now that was a set of circumstances, but like wide receiver is different than a lot than tight end. We talk about that all the time, the the development and you know the path to the field and the way to get involved. It's like it's not a perfect comparison that I'm making, but every position sh- should be to some level of degree treated the same way to get on the field. True freshmen should not be playing at Ohio State, and if this becomes a situation where this becomes more frequent where guys no longer accept the developmental plan that throws a much bigger wrench into Ohio state, the way Ohio state approaches, approaches recruiting and approaches the transfer portal and all of its roster management, because it's predicated on people understanding that true freshmen are going to be behind very talented sophomores who are going to be behind very talented juniors. That's the way that you build a championship roster. And if they are no longer able to do that, then we're going to have to go back and have different conversations like we have around signing day firm where the money has to be different or, you know, or you have to eschew that level of recruiting totally. Like that would change a lot for Ohio State if this becomes more frequent, which I don't know if it will or won't, but it's certainly a problem for this particular class. Let me say this. Uh, I agree with everything you just said, except for the fact you said true freshmen shouldn't play at Ohio State. Let me say this: They shouldn't have to play at Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, there are there are there are players like Carnell Tate, for example, who's a wide receiver and a true freshman, who were too good not to play, and that's the difference. This argument that Ohio State doesn't play freshmen is silly because Malik Hartford was starting in week two. Uh, Carnell Tate was playing all year long. Uh, Luke Montgomery was playing all year long. The guys who were good enough to play played. And the guys who weren't didn't. And we've created this world where everyone thinks they're good enough to play as a freshman just because they are committed to Ohio State. And that's not true. And so ultimately, whatever the decision these kids make, it means Ohio State has just zero room for error in building their roster anymore. Bottom line. If it means you only have to take two, you know, two wide receivers in every class and it's the number one and number two player in the country at that spot, then I guess so be it. And then you fill in from the back portal. I asked Brian Hartline last week about, you know, he's not taking a transfer at wide receiver 
in his five years as the position coach at Ohio State, that's going to change now. That has to change now. But mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to go out there and bring in a five-star transfer portal guy because that guy's not going to come in and be the, the guy either. So you just lost Julian Fleming because he wants to be the number one guy somewhere. And he's not going to do that at Ohio State. So it, they're not going to find a number one guy in the portal. You need to find depth pieces and people who want that development. So it, it changes everything about the way they're going to need to approach, not just wide receiver. I mean, that's the topic of this conversation, but the roster in general. Why, if 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 we are to assume right now anyway that they're going to have a Mecca Buka back, why do they need to go get a receiver if they're going to have a Buka, Carnell, Tate, Brendan, Ennis, Jeremiah Smith? It's not for Saturdays. It's for Monday through Friday. It's for yeah. the year after. It's for deve- it's for finding guys and developing them because when you have players like Carnell Tate, now he's heading into a second year. That means he's got two years left. Uh, it, Jeremiah Smith has three years. My only, like it's about not having to play, not having to play freshman every single year because that's all you have left on the roster. So you just need to, you have to have guys to develop and and. You know, I think back, and, and people will always look at the guys that redshirted at Ohio State, the Michael Thomases, Terry McLaurins, the Perry Campbell. I understand the world is different now. Uh, Terry McLaurin would not have stayed at Ohio State for five years in this current system. Like, And Ohio State wouldn't have been able to let him stay for five years in this current system because the, the world is changing. But like, if players are going to have incredibly high crazy expectations of what should happen to them as a freshman, then the coaching staff needs to have crazy high expectations of what those guys are outputting. If you look at the photo and this, I'm not, I'm not trying to like brag on anyone here. And I know it's going to come across that way that I'm caping for the the staff or I'm defending like the photo on the cover of this podcast on YouTube is a picture of Noah Rogers and Bryson Rogers looking to the crowd and waving to people uh, on set on, after or in Friday's game. If you look behind them, you'll see the rest of the team is still huddling on the field. This was during the second quarter of the game. Okay. So like if, if that, if that is the mindset that they have as a true freshman, Hey, let's look for the, our family in the crowd. Instead of being in the huddle, trying to learn, like, are they giving, well, maybe they already checked out. I don't know. I, I, it's just like, if, if you are going to come in and expect, I demand to play as a freshman or I'm leaving, then you better the coaches better be making major demands on you or they need to be willing to say goodbye to you after your freshman year early because it's there's no loyalty from the players. So the staff needs to be willing to be more cutthroat. And I think that's an adjustment that some Ohio State fans um, and myself included, like I believe big time in, in like loyalty and program development and player development, but I, I just don't know that you can do that anymore. Hmm. And over. I, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Bill, you, I want to go back to the point that you raised. You don't think that they would need to add another body at that wide receiver room? I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's imperative. I, you, Burn makes a good point about practice. Like, we don't, we don't ever consider practice when we think about tra- tra- transfer additions. And if you have like seven scholarship receivers, you probably need more than that. They, I think ideally their number is 11. So they'd be like, they would way under. Um, we're probably entering a world, as, as both you guys have said, where, keeping 11 scholarship receivers on the roster is, is nearly impossible. And maybe even keeping nine or 10, 10 is impossible. So maybe Ohio State needs to kind of readjust there, but I don't, I don't know that I look at the, the, the losses here and think to myself, man, they're screwed next year at receiver. Like you're telling yeah, me Ohio State starting receivers next year, or Mecca, Buka, Carnell, Tate, Brandon Ennis, and 
Jeremiah Smith. I'm like, okay, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to roll with that. So I don't, I don't know that it's that it's like, I'm not looking at it from that vantage point that they didn't need to go get one. If there's like a guy who is uh, coming off a freshman year where he didn't play a lot and like wants to come here and get developed and is okay with not necessarily being an early contributor at Ohio state and wants to be in a program for a few years, then by all means go get that guy. Um, or if there's like a veteran who doesn't, necessarily want a ton of playing time but can come help like a mecca lead the room and i think maybe go get a guy like that too but i don't i don't know that they need, need to go out and like find a starting wide receiver i think they're just fine what they have yeah they're, they're not going to go out and find a starting receiver that's the problem but you also are here as we said again this is this is prior to college football playoff games on monday anything else can still happen you have uh, the we have an understanding that players like keon grays and kojo antwi and Jaden ballard who we haven't even mentioned it to this point like aren't really being discussed as as potential playing time guys next year so do they need to i mean that that's there's some big decisions now maybe one or two of those guys is willing to stick it out and keep developing and i i hope that's the case maybe all three of them are but there's still potentially more losses coming from that room and that's where things get even more uh, like chaotic because you're like oh well maybe we actually do need a body or two um you know can you go get sam wiggles back yeah, I think they should just go get Julian Fleming back. Honestly, I mean, I think Julian Fleming has already uh, picked up his I, truck at Penn State, so I think he's uh, locked in there. I I understand the situation, but it's when we look back and we talk. The reason about that the Fleming left isn't isn't hasn't changed. So I, like, I I know I know, but like, why not just match the price? I, if you if you can avoid some of the headaches, not only about price. He wants to be the number one receiver. I don't even, I mean, is he going to be Penn State's number one receiver? I don't. Have you looked at Penn State's receivers? I mean, I've watched a lot of Julian Fleming and I love his game, but I don't, is he, is that what's going to unlock the Penn State passing attack? Here's what I think. I think if you're Ohio State, you call Penn State and you make a trade and you say, we'll take Caden Saunders back. Here's a central Ohio guy who needs to develop, who's put in a little time at your program. And we need a, he's a slot guy. He's a kick returner. And then, so these are the types of things that need to happen in college football from now on trades. Wait, well, who are they? Who are they sending? Julian Fleming? Is like that it's too late. Cash, cash considerations and Julian cash Fleming. Considerations. Yeah. Um, how about this punter situation, Bill? Wow. Impactful. Punter transfer too. Let's be clear. Did he, though, did he? I didn't see that. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird because Jesse Merkow is coming off, like I said, his best game. I think Ohio State needed a better punter, so I'm not surprised that. I and I don't. I'm not like super privy to the conversations. I won't pretend to be, but I think Ohio State probably knows it needs to be better a punter than it has been the last few years. Like, it's probably it's too far of a stretch to say they lost the Michigan game because they punted like crap, but it was certainly a factor in that game. Um, and I don't think Jesse Merkel was really consistent throughout his entire career. And I don't think he has the, the, the strength to like really help you flip the field. I, and he did it in, in the cotton ball. I, I understand that, but you have three years of a body of work there. And I just felt like it was really inconsistent and the, his predecessors were excellent. So I think they need to get back to that level of punter, assuming one exists in the transfer portal, believe it or not. Uh, for as much as I love punting, I have not examined the punting options in the transfer portal. So I don't really have any idea of, of what's out there. I just know that Ohio State needs to be better uh, than it's been the last three years. I, I, I am. I, I entirely agree. But Austin, do you think there's any world where Ohio State was like, 
Jesse, you got to go. Or it was Jesse like, yeah. I need to be in the sunshine and I'm going to transfer to Miami and just enjoy the warm weather. No, I'm, I believe that this was, uh, in the best interest of everybody involved. And, Oh, I agree. Am, am I, am I, I thought they had already offered another Australian. Am they, I no, Joe, Joe McGuire. Oh, yeah, they, the did. they did bring one in. Yeah. 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 Joe McGuire is on the roster. He's like so, a 28 year old. Yeah. So I thought that the, the groundwork for this had already been laid. So like, I already thought Jesse Murko had been like, I'm moving on. So none of this came as a surprise to me when he went into the transfer portal. Like, and also he's quite old. I thought maybe he would just try and do something else other than play college football. So, uh, I was always under the impression that this was the end of the line for, for Jesse Murko, but maybe I, maybe I had concocted that scenario in my mind, but there, there were the, the replacement was already on hand. Do you think there's a, a world where it was Saturday afternoon and, and, and the specialists got word that maybe their position coach was not going to return. And in defiance, Jesse Murko stood up and said, I won't stand for this. I'm out. Of uh, here. No, I don't think that's a real world. Yeah, um, having known some specialists who've played for that coordinator, I would say that their level of respect for him is quite low. Mm. Mm. That's spicy. Well, hopefully he doesn't come back next year. <laughs> well, oh, there's a lot of reasons. Real for that. I mean, I said said what I said. Um, Bottom line, anyone disputes it. Uh, Ohio State is going to be in a position here in the next couple of days where, you know, the transfer portal expires and the third, right? Uh, so uh, that's one more day. Um, there are decisions. I think, it's, I think it's the fourth, but yeah, it is just a couple of days. So there are key decisions that are, again, like we've talked about this for the last month and I know people get pissed off, but like they're in this weird roster purgatory because all these guys haven't announced what they're doing. Now, maybe there's internal discussions, but I, I think people would be surprised at how little other players know about what each other is doing um, in, in these locker rooms. I, I, I don't think that they are all privy to what each player is thinking. But players like Kenyatta Jackson, who we saw on Saturday tweeting decisions, decisions, uh, you know, like he is, he played a lot in the Cotton Bowl, probably more snaps than he's played in the game all year, I'd imagine. And, Ohio State desperately wants to keep him in the fold, but like if JT Tumaloa and Jack Sawyer are back, what is he going to do? Like there are still major pieces of this 2024 team that could be moving on um, by Thursday without any, without really Ohio State having the ability to stop it. And that's what's that's what's so crazy about this whole thing. I just I just don't. I'm I'm all for player empowerment, but like man, this feels. Like chaos, uh, and the and the NCAA is getting all the reward, and the teams are getting all of the suck. I don't know if the NCAA is getting rewarded. Yeah, look at all the, <laughs> look at all the interest. Look at all the all the they're making more money than ever. The NCAA they don't make any money. They're all the schools. People are walking around wearing yeah. NCAA hats. You know what I mean? The NCAA and TV. You know what I mean? One of those. Yeah, yeah the NCAA one of those. and the TV people. Classic scenario. Making all the. Um, money. Just to be just to be clear, the the window to enter the portal closes this week, but you can add anybody who's in there, whatever the hell you want, right? Yes, but I'm worried about the guys leaving Ohio State. Got it. Got it. Not. Do we want to talk about the addition that they made? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, why would we not? They did make an addition. You you talked to the guy, bro. 
Yeah, well, you talked to him. What did, what did you learn, bro? Tell us all about him. You guys do it. You talk to him. <laughs> you talk to him. <laughs> Will, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so say it. Camera check? Is that Cameric. it? I, I do that every... Cameric? 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 All right. Probably Cameric. Uh, 666252. Six, six, Didn't you ask him? No, I mean, we weren't on the phone. It was just text messaging. I wasn't I wasn't going to ask him to get phonetic with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Weird. What are you... All right, so they Ohio State picked up. I'll tell you this. I, I received a text message on Sunday, uh, early morning on Sunday. Um, was not early morning. Sorry, it was like 12 30, 1 o'clock, saying it's early. Very don't early. knock, don't knock the edition until you watch the film. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, did I miss something? I'm at lunch. Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, and then I saw the tweet from Will Kekmerick, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then I watched the film, and you're like, 6'6", 255, runs well, physical blocker. Um, I, I was told by uh, a source at the Woody that they think he's the best tight end available in the portal. Now, I, I admittedly haven't looked down the list of every tight end that's available, but this is a kid who in the t- class of 2021 was unranked by Rivals.com, a two-star by, by 247 Sports, played defensive end most of the way through high school, transitioned to playing mostly offense by the time he was a senior in high school. Um, but there's a lot to like on the film. I mean, it, I, I take it. You always take comparisons with a grain of salt, but the words I were told were a bigger, faster version of Cade Stover. So that's pretty good. And it's a player that's actually been playing tight end for going into his fourth year. Now he has two years of eligibility. Um, the tight end room is one we talked about for the last month about probably needing to add a body. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that because you have G Scott expected to return, Bennett Christian expected to return, Jelani Thurman expected to return. Now you add Will Kekmerick, and then you have two freshmen in Max LeBlanc and Demarion Witten. Sam Hart, I would expect to not be back on the Ohio State roster. You don't know if Demarion Witten's going to maybe play wide receiver because of the other stuff we talked about earlier. So there's a possibility for that to happen. Uh, Bennett Christian obviously sat out this entire year because of of uh, the PED uh, suspension. G. Scott is not a true tight end, so but, but you have three guys at 6'6", 255 with Bennett Christian, um, Jelani Thurman, and now Will Merrick. And then you have your H-back type in G. Scott. You take some of the pressure off G of having to block because he doesn't do it very well. And then you let Max LeBlanc uh, start to develop. And I, I think it's a really, really good room moving forward for Ohio State. And I fully expect this guy to be the starting tight end for Ohio State come August. If, I mean, I, I think trying to put the Cade Stover expectations, uh, we'll see what happens. That that seems like a lot because Cade's got a case to be one of the most productive tight ends that in Ohio State history. So if he can give Luke Farrell production, like I think that would be pretty good. Really consistent blocking. You can assist a little bit in the passing attack. Uh, it looked last year. He had at least one catch in every single game except Ohio's last one in their in their bowl game. Uh, 23 catches, I believe, overall, and a couple touchdowns. Like that would be a okay if they could get that. If I could get the exact same thing uh, from him next year and a little more consistency on, on, you know, with the edge blocking, that's a win. So I don't think he has to be a better version of Cade Stover. I think getting a feral type would be a feral wild, wild, feral wild, feral wild man. 
Yeah, I don't care. He can catch zero passes at Ohio State, and I know he wants to catch more than that. But uh, their tight end blocking has been terrible since Luke Farrell left. So if he can help them there, then I'm all for it. Yeah, all right. He can help them there. That's for sure. If cut that tape on, for sure. Um, you know, for you know, Farrell. There's room for more. So there's going to be more portal activity. That this roster is going to continue to change. Uh, a lot of room for, for the Buckeyes to add before they get back out there in spring football uh, in March. And uh, as all these developments come, we'll continue to follow it on the podcast and on the podcast daily. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday edition, the first one of 2024 with y'all. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you tomorrow.